What's up, men? Welcome to the Mel Cartel Podcast. Let's get started. Do you think men are important? Like for what? <laughs> men are not meant to be dominant. Men are meant to be submissive. Life's too short to exercise. I'm just going to be honest. It's okay to be fat. Dispelling toxic masculinity and really redefining what it means to be a man. Men can cry. You so It's okay to be weak. It's okay to be weak. I'm telling you right now, not everybody wants to see you win. You seem to be more woman than you are man. You don't have any manly quality. You uh, give them this message that it's okay to be a man. It's not okay. It's necessary. How are we going to do without men? If you look around the city here, you see all these buildings go up. These men, they're doing impossible things. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Be a dangerous man. Being dangerous is not being a threat. They're two different things. You can't be a good man if you're not a dangerous man. You say one disrespectful thing to my wife. I am not only willing, but I'm able to inflict great bodily damage. I'm going to do everything in my power to become a victor and not a victim. I can't explain it, but you better feel it. Winners win and losers lose. I can't explain it any better than that. I don't know how it happens, but winners win. And if you create a culture of losing, if you keep being a victim, if you keep letting losing happen to you, if you keep letting people do you and treat you any kind of way, it's going to become a culture. What's the matter with you? There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Here's your host, Nick and Shane. Welcome back, Mel Cartel. We're excited to be with you. I'm here with my co-host, Shane. What's up? And with our special guest, uh, for me, it's dad, uh, <laughs> Tim Carnes, Papa Carnes, or according to Tristan, my son, White Boy Papa. Yeah. White Boy Papa, the OG, the goat. The goat. Oh, OG, old guy. <laughs> I don't know about the old guy. It's, what is OG? There's so many different meanings. I always say it's original gangster. That's what I oh, always say. When okay, I think okay. of him, that's why I think he's just the OG. He's like the original. Yeah. Like like gangster. Like That's what I thought it was too, but then he said old guy. I had guys. to figure it out. I thought, oh, older generation, old guy. Well, you know, <laughs> if you're listening, going? just to give you a, uh, you know, just a glimpse or kind of like give you, an, let your imagination kind of run. Um, he runs things, okay? That's just who he is. He runs things and doesn't take nothing, and he just does what he needs to do and makes what he needs, what's in front of him, make it happen. So, so he's, when he's not, when he's not with us, does that make Corel then the OG if it's OG? old guy or if it's old guy? Yes, that would make it. <laughs> you for those who are on. Uh, well, you can't see him normally anyway, but producer Carell, who's normally in the room with us, we kicked him out. He's now outside of the room looking in through a TV monitor, <laughs> but he's got us set up really well. We're trying to work on the sound, so uh, we're we're grateful for all he does to make us sound good. Yeah, and speaking of Carell, producer Carell, didn't he, like, wasn't there some little ladybugs at a recent, like, lunch? Oh, like, so I had? saw how he does his Mac game. He or the Riz. Well, how he gets his Mac on? Gets his Riz. That's, today, today, young people call it the Riz. And <laughs> the if Riz. he's really good or has game, that's called W Riz. Okay. So, uh, did okay. he have W Riz? So at the Piccadilly. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't get to go to Piccadilly because they're closed, but that's probably where we would have gone. But he asked if I wanted to go to lunch. We had a late staff meeting. So I asked him, you know, what, what you thinking about doing? He said, well, we can go somewhere Nick-friendly. And I was like, Nick-friendly? What What is Nick-friendly? And he said, well, you know, somewhere healthy. And I was like, well, healthy should be everybody-friendly. And so we had a little laugh about that. So we ended up going to the mall, to the food court. And there are tons of open tables. I mean, everywhere you look, there is like open table, open table. And these are like those family-style tables that are like six to eight people. And so you can have a whole open table to yourself. And so I'm getting my food. He gets his first. He goes to a different place. And as I'm getting my food, I come and sit down. And we're sitting at the table with these three, I would say, golden girls. I mean, they they are. Okay. I, I think he looks for those that have money because he does like Chick-fil-A. He's like, somebody's got to support my Chick-fil-A habit. <laughs> and so we so we sit down. And I was like, Corell, like we had all of these open tables you ch- but you chose this one. I even texted you. was like, look, we had all these open tables, and this is the one he chose. I didn't say anything. I didn't add any commentary. I just said, this is the table he chose. And so uh, so I started talking to them and engaging them. Carell wouldn't look up. He, he like I saw him turn a shade of red. I've never seen him <laughs> turn. And for those who don't know pr- producer Carell, he, he's a black man. So for him to turn red is quite the, uh, the feat. So, you know, we talked about animals oftentimes on the show so he was just pulling out his animal instincts and pro- you know proximity yeah proximity riz so it's like <laughs> i just got to get close to them step one get close <laughs> two he needed his like wingman yeah like a prowl like he was lurking you know you need to be able to say him eye to eye, uh, eye, to eye. eye, to eye. and then he just wanted to, to 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 you know flash that smile and then let his his uh his wingman do the work for him that's why he let me engage. And they were like, you're so cute. I don't even think they were talking about me. They were talking about him. I think they were talking about him. Because they even talked to him. They made sure to talk about him on the way out. The la- one of the ladies was like, you sure are enjoying your food, aren't you? And he's just, he's just, that's why I heard him purr. You know, and you know like, like the animal, you know, speaking of lions, like you have the male and the female and the female goes and hunts and brings back to the male. So he was just trying to be his, the male lion and let you get mm-hmm. the golden girls <laughs> and then bring them to him, to him. And the ladies yeah. thought you'd brought them prime ribs. See, that's, that's right. right. Oh yeah. They're like, look at that prime rib. <laughs> that little <laughs> Italian, authentic <laughs> Italian atmosphere. Let's go. He does like Italian. He does. Italian seafood. I wonder if instead of chicken nugget, he says, Hey, my little shrimp, little shrimp my on little a Barbie. Shrimp. Shrimp on the Bobby. 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 We, we started to go to Australia. Speaking of which, I just saw we are now in eleven countries. The the podcast is okay. Eleven countries. Does that None Texas? of which are Australia. If it's, if it's in Texas, that's twelve. Right? Yeah, we haven't. Or I, Alabama I will make thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a deal. Like if we uh, get to Australia, we're going to celebrate at Outback. Well, that's where I was taking out to lunch today. Oh well. Really? Hey, oh, let's yeah. go. <laughs> Put another shrimp on the Bobby. Ain't that right, Corell? Uh, we, we got to hook Corell up at, uh, I, with an Australian waitress. I thought it waitress. might help spread your international presence. We'll you put know? it in the show notes. We will. Notes in the show. So uh, there's, I mean, instead of spending a bunch of time catching up, I mean, I think just talking about producer Corell and his dating life uh, enough. is enough. But that way we have, so we have enough time to really talk with white boy Papa, yeah. the OG, <laughs> yeah. which, uh, you know, we, we've talked on several occasions about. We have him here, yeah. so instead of you know spending a bunch of time on ourselves, let's just dive right in and 
Let's go. Uh, talk to him. So, Dad, Tim, <laughs> why don't, why? I know you. We know you. Oh, I do. Real quick, I do want to give a shout out to my mom. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my mom who sent yeah. a message with my dad before coming yes. to tell everyone hello, to tell Nick and Shane hello. And he's like, well, what about Corell? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corell, too. She forgot Corell was there. Yeah, because Corell's always in the background. We want Corell to yeah. have a microphone. But then what did she say? She you said, tell it. well, tell them, tell, tell them hello. And then she said, tell them I love them. And she said, well, tell Nick I love him more, more though. <laughs> I said, oh, you know what? <laughs> and I kind of wrote her a little bit. And she said, well, do you mean you you don't love your son more? You know, And I said, well, yeah, but we don't have to say it. And And she says, just tell them I love them, and then and then finally she said, "Well, just don't tell them anything, just because you know I don't want this to be repeated. Nobody's going to hear this." I said, "Well, I won't tell anybody. You know, there are millions of people on the podcast listening right now." But um, and all so eleven countries, we, we're getting ready to go out, and she says, "Well, tell them all hello, and that that just tell them all I love them." And then she whispers, "But tell Nick I love him more. <laughs> love so you too, funny. mom. That's I love, just like your mom. I love you most out of all my moms." <laughs> So, uh, Dad, Tim, uh, tell 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 the cartel a little bit about yourself, the family, so they know who who we're talking to. Well, I was uh, born a poor white boy on a farm, and no, <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah, no. Um, you are a Yankee, though. I was born in New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. <laughs> um, I guess that's how they say it. Um, we converted him. And uh, we moved to North Carolina when I was, uh, I think, four years old, they say. And then we moved to Covington, Georgia uh, when I was in first grade. And uh, that's where I grew up, Covington, Georgia. And then uh, I had five, there's five boys and four brothers and one sister. Um, And uh, I had a a mom and dad at home. We we had an intact home, Christian home. And... uh, then uh, went to college and met my wife at uh, 17 in uh, Central South Carolina. Uh, and life changed after that. And then we moved to Georgia uh, shortly um, after 19 and four children, 12 grandchildren uh, here. So that's, that's, the, that's the, regional, the regional area. But uh, so I'm a dad, a granddad. Um, a husband, a brother, you know, so I guess all those roles, nothing uh, to uh, write any books about as far as uh, trying to get uh, something that will impress anybody. I'm just a a guy trying to do what he's supposed to do. Um, And uh, so I don't, you know, I'm I'm always a little, those kind of questions like, well, how much, what do you say? I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about about that. Well, you were you were raised by one of the greatest men I knew, Grandpa yeah. man, Grandpa Carnes. We can talk about him in a little bit. What a great man! Very accomplished, especially with just you know, like he he was uh, he never quit, like even in his old age. But you also you're in what IT database? Yeah, I do uh, computer based work. Um, IT um, uh, do manage databases at the moment i've i've dealt with networks and a, a few different areas in it's but i've d- been doing that for 30 something years in different different for different companies um in different roles um 
it it has served well as a bivocational pastor to um, help uh, pay the bills and uh, well to pay the bills. Usually, that's what and it you're does. still you're still and actively. I'm, I'm still pastoring. doing that and still uh, I pastor a small church in uh, South Richmond. Well, actually, North Burke County about um, McBean Baptist Church. And it's uh, right about four miles over the Burke County line. So, you know, it's uh, south of, of, of here, about 30, 30 40 miles. Um, so, yeah, still, still actively doing that, still actively working. I try to uh, uh, get my honey-do list shorter, but uh, as she <laughs> would say, <coughs> um, in fact, I've related to the church uh, Sunday that uh, she shared how that list doesn't go down as quickly as it needs to. And uh, Look, you don't have to tell me every six months. If I said I'm going to do it, I'll you know, do it. Uh, didn't I tell you two years ago that was going to get done? You know, well, but. I think it's important to note, because I know Shane had a question kind of related to this, but uh, you and mom have been married, did I do the math right, 46, 46 years? 46 years. I think that's important, especially for these young guys yeah. that listen to know like that's possible, because we look at our culture and we see probably more than 50% now divorce yep. rate yep. but to see that it's possible well it is possible um and it's a it's a it's a determination that you're going to um make it happen in that sense that you're going to allow the lord to be center and that's that, those are words that are easily spoken and and usually sung at every wedding you know if they're christian weddings they'll say we want three in the wedding and and as soon as they walk out the door one of them gets left, and that's the Holy Spirit that gets left behind usually. Um, to make it work, he's got to be part of it. He's got to be part of the the process. And I don't, you know, I did it poorly. Not that I do it well now, but you learn. And if you, if you have people you can trust to help uh, teach you some of the lessons, if you're smart when you're young, you'll learn lessons. And it's not like, well, I just want to tell you things because I'm the OG, the old guy. It's I've I've fell a few times. I've bumped my head on the ground a few times. I could tell you that if you go up that that path, most likely you're going to bump your head too. If you want to bump your head, then that's the way to go. If you don't, then maybe you should do something different. If you treat your wife like she's an object, you're going to eventually have a wife who's going to resent that, and there'll be trouble. Um, if you allow yourself to feel like you need to be the person that's pleased in the house and you're really not about meeting the needs of your, of your spouse, um, then your marriage is going to have trouble. Um, but most of the time, our younger people, if they want to succeed, but they want to succeed on their terms. And it's not just young people, it's, it's adults. They want to succeed on their terms. They do not want to do what the Bible said. And so what they what they want to do is they want to have their pleasure, their cake, and they want to then uh, feel like they can preserve it for um, the party, but they've already consumed a lot of it. And they want to treat it, huh. they want to treat people wrong. And I've given advice to some young people and, and said, you do not <clears throat> need to, to uh, bring dishonor to your to your fiance who you want to become your wife by moving in with her and living with her. You be, you cheapen her. Oh, yeah. you, 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 she's an object then and yeah. you're satisfied. You're, you're fulfilling your natural 
man satisfaction. And that's what you're really after. You're not after a happy marriage. Yeah. So you start off wrong because you want to please yourself. And then you you get down to the place and there's disagreement or something that happens. And she begins to look at you and, and you can't convince her. You, you want to follow the moral law of the scripture anymore because you didn't follow it with her. Why are you going to follow it? Not with the next lady that's there. Yeah. Uh, so you're breaking it with her. Then you're going to try to convince her, but you're going to be right after that. That's a, that's a premise for um, problems. Now, do you have any, any life lessons, anything that you went through personally, like that you had to learn that maybe could help a, a young person or even like Nick and I? Well, I think they've been married since he's like 12. So yeah. like, I'm a little bit we, different. So we married him off early. Uh, <laughs> you get him out, off the books. Um, you know, the, the, I think the, the life lessons truly are um, that your focus as a couple, and I'm speaking now as a couple, not as parents, right? The focus, it, because it, it goes on even when you have children, but your focus has to be to, for the best of what your spouse needs. Yeah, um, You have joint, joint um, plans and goals, but I'm a little different. I know uh, I, I winced a little bit on, on uh, episode six when you said your wife didn't work. That she uh-huh. was a housewife. Yeah, because she does I knew work. What you meant. That's right. Yes, sir. But when you Call said it, I went, Ooh, "Wow, <laughs> Shit. yeah, she does I went, work." Wow, I thought, man, well, he's brave. Like he, different. Talk I about went, courage. Yeah. I knew what you meant. But I, <laughs> all right, so if you're hearing, <laughs> clarify. It is a lot of work. Be a lot mom. of work. It is a tough <laughs> yeah. job. And so when you said that, I just kind of went, "That's Whoa, right." Uh. Listen, I listened to it as well twice, and I thought the same thing. I wonder, did I have to clarify? I think you should. Talk slowly. I, I wanted to give you time. an opportunity to clarify that. Thank you you know? so Can I now say that's why Nikki shut off, shut it off? <laughs> <laughs> but we early on, and I use that because we early on decided we wanted that that we felt like the correct model was for for my wife to raise our children, to be yeah. at home with our children, caring for them, and not to place them because a lot of times the desire for the material things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I <laughs> we were talking about a truck recently. I've had a few new trucks recently, probably some I shouldn't have bought. I should have ju- just endured with the, or, or enjoyed some of the others. But what happens when you're early on and you're in the, um, the, the, the providing of the, just make paying the bills and providing groceries, I have driven $500 Dotsons that were flapping together, and I have duct taped cars, literally duct taped pieces on cars, and and uh, bought them for what I could afford to pay for them at the time, and patched them and kept them running because that's what we had to do as a family. Um, and then later on, <clears throat> the the children are raised, the grandkids are raised, and you still have some areas that you're trying to assist, but at the same time it gets easier, you know, mm. uh, uh, the, the odds are that it gets easier. And all of a sudden now I can buy that truck I want that has mm. the the heated steering wheel. Why do you need a heated steering wheel? Because when you're the old guy, your hands are cold. You want to, you know, you want those little extra things. Well, those, you can have those nice things, but many times young people want it now. Mm. They want the house when they get married. They want to have a house already. 
they want the car and the truck already. And so they, they say, well, you can't stay home. You've got to go to work. And that's so the word. wife and the husband both mm. work. And I'm not saying that's a, a an incorrect model f- for, for individuals. It just says if that's your goal, if money's your goal and material things are your goal, and and you'd rather put your children in. Now, if you're putting your children in childcare because you need to make the extra money that you can make, Again, I'm not trying to get into right or wrong there. But everyone has to make. But I, we decided that we wanted to to do that. So my responsibility, because I believe, as the scripture says, that the husband represents and and uh, Christ in in the home, just as Christ loved the church, is the way the husband is supposed to love the wife, and gave himself for it. So yeah. I believe the answer to young people is get yourself off the throne. And care about your spouse so that what is that needs of the spouse? And if the wife is doing that for the husband and the husband is doing that for the, how do you fight over being loved? Yeah. You will still have disagreements. But if, if your goal is, I'm going to, I'm going to try to meet your needs. If you're, if you're having a disagreement, usually it's because you believe your need is not being met. Same way with your spouse. And you're having a difference of what your needs are. Uh, or and and actually, the wife will will move more to, in my experience, the wife will move more to the battling for the needs of the children. Where most of us, if we're not careful as men, will be like, well, uh, you know, mm-hmm. let them <laughs> let them figure it out themselves, right? But the wife, the mother, will go and say, no, this child needs this, mm-hmm. and she becomes she becomes that warrior. And you, sometimes the disagreements, and then if you if you sit on your throne long enough and you know I, I, this is the way I think it should be, this is the way I want it to be, I'll, then you begin to have the division. You you quit speaking, mm-hmm. or you or you speak in anger, or you or you or become sarcastic, and then more and more as that happens, there begins to be this divide, and mm-hmm. that's the beginning. That's the fodder ground for um, trouble and yeah. difficulty. And then if you're not careful, you'll fill it in with the natural man wanting to go fill his desires and he'll Mm. pick up the substance he shouldn't be picking up because that's an old habit or he'll begin to follow down different paths and introduce more uh, problems into the marriage. And it usually comes down to self-satisfaction. So what I would say is the secret, the life lesson is love your spouse more than yourself. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, Care about them. In other words, my wife, um, and and we'll we'll just be very general here. I I have learned over forty six years there are certain needs and areas that my wife um, has that I don't have. I need to be sensitive to those, and some of it comes from the way she was raised. So there's some. Let's use an example. There's more insecurity sometimes at night at different in areas because she was raised in a situation where she had to walk the streets with her brothers and sisters. Um, and they would have to wait until their alcoholic dad fell asleep so they could go back to home. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's about. But I need to care about her insecurities, not yeah. to the point to promote them, um, but to reassure her that she's going to be safe and she's going to be taken care of, and she doesn't have to worry about that. But now, she's very young, by the way. She's not as, nearly as old as I am. I can't say old gal, OG, for her. Because, <laughs> oh, you know, and I would I, say and, that. And you I would say, wince if you said that. <laughs> you would wince if I said that. And, <laughs> yes, sir. And she would know that I you know, would never do that uh, over the, over the uh, a broadcast. 
So, but she uh, she has experienced enough that um, even after a couple of years since her uh-huh. childhood, uh, she still feels it. Yeah, and I could dismiss it and say, but but now the balance is I don't support it and promote it, but I do know that's a need that she has to be reaffirmed that everything's going to be okay. And so we sometimes we then use the only tools I have that I work well with is logic. And I start saying, okay, <laughs> think about this uh-huh. and this and this and this. And I just reaffirm to her the things that should help her feel secure. I don't know if it's that successful. Sometimes it seems like it is or not. So the answer, the, I think the question, the key life, life hack would be care about your spouse more than you care. Find out what their needs are. And you don't know when you first meet them. You, when <laughs> you used to have a brother-in-law, <clears throat> um, he said, uh, when you first start dating, they want crystal burgers because they're trying to impress you. And he said, then after you get married, they want the whole cow. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> um, that's not uh, the that's not what I found. My wife is very self-sacrificing. Yeah. But over time, you will get to know your spouse better. Yeah. You just uh, my point is, you don't know them when you first marry them. Sure. You think yeah. you know all about them. Yeah. But you're gonna you're gonna know more, and they're gonna know more about you. And if you'll be honest with yourself, you'll learn some things that say, uh, "I need to do some changing in the way or my priorities," mm-hmm. and they need to be focused on your on your on your spouse. I, I, like, would, I would. Can I say something real yeah, quick? Yeah. yeah I, I was just thinking. I think about our audience and going. I think the large majority fits in that boat where like they they just got to tighten things up. You know, as a male, they just got to tighten it up. And I think that there's probably some people too that are in the audience that are, have tightened things up. They just, um, maybe their, their spouse is just indifferent and maybe they're going through a season or they're going through, you know, moments, you know, how post COVID, you know, anxiety, depression, all this, you know, irrational behavior is happening. So what would you say to the guy who is doing the right thing, but he's growing tired and weary in these moments of doing all the right thing? And then his spouse is just making it very hard. What, would well, you, what kind of advice would you give? I think the, 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 the um, not to give the short answer, and definitely it's not a flippant answer, uh, do, do not grow weary in well-doing. Yeah. If it is the right thing to do, it's the right thing to do with resistance. It's the right thing to do with indifference. Mm-hmm. It's the right thing to do with acceptance. Um, if it's the right thing to do with acceptance, we love that because everybody's applauding. Yeah. If it's the right thing to do with resistance, we can handle that because we're, if we're men of 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 strength, we'll 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 kind of enjoy that ability to stand Tension. our ground. Yeah. If it's indifference for us as men, then we want to shrink and give up mm-hmm. but we should still be not weary and well-doing in mm-hmm. all of those areas mm-hmm. with acceptance resistance and indifference and if if there's indifference there i would say double down on adding love to the mix mm-hmm. double down on reassurance if they need find out the need now if there's an area that needs to be dealt with then deal with it don't don't try to frame don't try to send flowers to replace um, your your lack of attention in some some other area that you need yeah. to, as a man need to be doing, make sure that you are truly 
not camouflaging the situation yeah. and trying to overdo it. Well, you know, I'm always got the recipe. I'm doing the right thing. We never mm-hmm. intentionally do something wrong, I don't think, uh, if we're trying to succeed. But at the same time, don't replace a true need with, well, I, I did this. I should make it okay. Well, mm-hmm. no, you didn't really. Quick example, we interpret, we communicate differently um, as men and women. And you know, the book's written on that, right? A, a wife asks you to take out the trash, and you say, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. You know, you look at it and say, well, what I can do is in the, in the morning, I can get up, get the trash, put it out in, in the truck, and take it with me, and, and, and that'll be okay. That's your plan. You get up a little bit late in the morning for some reason, the, and, and you're moving, and you go, and you walk right by the trash bag, and you get in the truck, and you're halfway down the street, and you go, I forgot the, the trash. Well, I'll do it. When I get home, right, mm-hmm. and and we go on. For the wife, many times it's like he doesn't care. That's right. He he exactly doesn't right. care. He he just he didn't he didn't attend to the, that which he want he intended to do. And in humanity, he forgot. He, she don't know that though. All mm-hmm. she knows is you didn't take the trash out. Mm-hmm. And so then you you can either communicate it was like well it's not important I'll do it later or you can try to. But the, the way we communicate many times, and I don't do that you know perfectly. In fact, there's a trash bag in the back of my truck right now. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering how you got a whole day because Nikki gives me about sixty seconds and then she's doing it herself. Well, like, and and that that'll I'll there, get there, it. there are different emphasis there, you know. But it's <laughs> it is the way that that happens, and because of where we live and how our trash gets handled, there's grace on her side that says, yeah, well, it makes more sense for you to put this out and and take it when you when you make a trip. It's that much more important that I try to be attentive to that. Um, but the point is, we communicate differently. We need to learn how our spouse communicates. Yeah. And many times, as men, we take the lazy way because that's not our general nature. Our general nature is not feely and, and emotional. You know, some some guys wrestle with having to be too emotional, but some of us are more um, binary and a black or white uh, type of uh, thinking. But uh, your wife's not that way usually, mm-hmm. and. If she is and you're not, then you need to understand that. You need to understand how your wife thinks mm-hmm. and you need to invest in meeting her communication needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the success comes in forgetting yourself and trying to just throw your life into making your your wife's life the best it can be while, while you're responsible. Mm-hmm. And you are you are responsible for her. The fact that she's yeah. helping you see those dirty dishes in the sink are your dirty dishes. Yep. If you're going to be the man and you're going to be the head of the household in the sense it's your home, it's it's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. She's your helpmate and, you're, and she's got those areas and she's raising your children, she's helping you, but it's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that she's helping take the burden is you should be, you should be honoring yeah. her for that. Yeah. You that should mistake. be loving her for that. I made that mistake the other day. I was trying to do something good. She was out of town visiting her dad for his birthday. <laughs> and so the, we have three teenage young adult who oftentimes will make a mess and then not clean up because sometimes she'll just jump in and make it right. you know, happen. Yep. And some of them do, but it's in time and stuff. So I look and the house is kind of a mess and none of it was mine. It was more of yeah. the kids. Yeah. 
but I told I said something to her about you know I did it for her uh, yeah <laughs> as if they were her dishes to right. wash right. her uh-huh. stuff to clean up and that's not what I meant but that's what it translated to her like I was doing this for her for so her. she didn't have to do it and I was in my mind I'm thinking I'm doing this so she doesn't come home to a dirty house and and you know feel the obligation of either having to jump in to do it even though it's not hers to do. Right. I wanted her to come home in a sense of peace. Yeah. And, but I said for yeah. you, like, this is your job, uh-huh. you know, cause you're not working. You know, right. so, yeah. 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 <laughs> we, we, I had a guy who was, uh, going through it with, with his year. Uh, I guess it was a few years ago with that situation. Like he's doing, his wife was just, uh, irrational. She was going through her own thing and yes. then take it out on him and he he came to me and we were just having a conversation about it and I, and he was like what do you do and I said man I it doesn't negate your job right just love her hard be a leader talk to her about it like you got to initiate you, you do you've got to have those conversations and then serve your back off find ways that you can serve her ways that you can love her do your job like like that don't shrink back take ground it's like going to war yeah do this and but you're going to have to have conversations and sooner or later. You know, because if you just talk to her about it and you right. decide, well, I'm not going to take responsibility of this because I didn't this mess, it's going to send a, a certain signal to her. Right. And so then you fast forward, it's like nothing ever happened. You know, she was going through her own thing and then he was in proximity, was the one taking all the blunt. Right. And then he just felt worn down um, in general. And and now, and, and, and so, and, and so I, I 100% agree, man, just like keep, Handling your business, doing your job, your job to initiate. Right. And marriage, marriage is not like a, a you know, a pop song, you no, know, or some no. type of movie. You know, it, men, we have to do the hard work of leading and loving, and and we got to, uh, you know, we got to be that example of the gospel. That's right. You know, well, that has to be, and, and that has to be forefront. And I, I think yeah. that it boils down to the reason that many times we we don't succeed is because the gospel is placed on a shelf for, for church and for items. It is not our life. It um, When we are raising our children, we should be raising them with the priority of living out their life for Christ. What, is Christ. what does God want you to do? Now, you know, not everyone gets the privilege of raising Superman. I did. Uh-huh. That's you know? right. Not Clark Kent. But, not but Clark Kent. I, I also... <laughs> I also raised uh, Ed, uh, you know, well, Bob Ross, and I r- raised uh, Chad Atkins, and I raised uh, because. And what all that is is that every one of my children have different skills and interests. I would rather my son climb on the top of a of a low sloping roof to want to jump off of it as Superman and realize I can take life and go after it than. I didn't want him to get onto the very top part, right? You want to do a balance. Whereas mom would go crazy with that. You want to raise them to to learn how to follow the pursuit of what God wants for them. Um, and so I think you have to you have, you have to invest in in the area that you want them to look to Christ. And when we just become about the material things. You know, we we are blessed as in this nation. I went to the Philippines as a teenager, and that probably helped me because I saw people living in these different countries. Um, and we went through Hong Kong, and there were people, whole families living in a room about this size here, this studio. 
and literally that that's where they lived. There were people who were born on a boat and lived their entire life within feet of that boat and never left. That was their whole existence. And we have so much here in the in, yeah. in our nation, and we get to thinking, well, we've got to have the next thing, and we got to have the next thing. Mm-hmm. And life becomes about the pursuit of those things rather than what is it the purpose that God wants for us. Yeah. So I want my children to look to Christ, and what does he want them to do? And he's given them all unique abilities. And so they should they – should, you know, but same way with your wife. Your wife has certain abilities. It's more than just raising your children. Yeah. There are there are areas that God wants in her life. What do you, as a husband, do to prosper and promote that? Yeah. To help her to fulfill that because that's, right. that's what's important. Mm-hmm. Not even if the house was a little dirty, it's more important than her missing her purpose. Yep. So I think those are the balances. We got to get the material out of our. And that's mm-hmm. hard in America because we are so materialistic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, and I'm saying that as a blessed man, but we, we ought to take out of the blessing God gives us and, and try to ensure that, that uh, we equip people to, to keep the focus on Christ. Because only when we, you, you made a comment earlier about uh, someone that doesn't look at, some of teenagers doesn't look at truth as absolute. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the, that's the pivot point where you start. Yeah. Is that truth is absolute. Christ uh-huh. said, I am the truth, mm-hmm. the way, the life. If it isn't about, he's the creator. In the beginning was the word, word was with God, word uh-huh. was God. All things were made by him. He is truth. Mm-hmm. Everything about our life is either pivoted on the truth of what he wants for you. or or. And now we don't necessarily, we all think we understand truth. I believe I have a grasp of what's true. So do you. Well, what happens when we, you know, one, of us is, one of us has got truth wrong or both of us have it wrong. Yeah. And the pursuit is to keep studying and seeking Christ to teach us, and and truth comes down to how do I love people when they are irritable? <laughs> yeah, that's truth. How do I deal with that? Because if we learn to s- listen quick, speak less, yeah. as the scripture says, and 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 flee from anger, those are the recipes for what destroy marriages. Uh-huh. That's the recipes for what abandon children many times. Um, is because we do not listen, we talk quick, and we get angry because we're not being satisfied. Well, that's a recipe for for disaster. So that all goes down to if if I might be a male, but I'm not following Christ because I haven't heard the gospel or I haven't accepted the gospel, then you're being a male. You may be a a, a decent male, but you're. I don't think you're a, um, you're you're what a man is supposed to be. A man, I think, is supposed to be the intended representative of Christ to the world. He was created to subdue the earth and to take care for the earth. And we're we're called as men to lead our families, lead them to the purpose of Christ in their life, and that should be through all that we do. Now, in the meantime, I got to keep the plumbing running, I got to keep the car running. So I want to teach my son how to fix a car uh, when I can. <laughs> but there are times when you also have to teach them. I don't know how to do that, right? There are times when you rent. I give you one thirty-second uh, example. I had a car that we bought from two little old ladies, lived on the hill in Walton Way. And you'd think, oh, this little Plymouth, this is going to be a fantastic car. Two little old ladies barely drove, only went to church on Sunday. You know the old thing. Mm-hmm. This car it was, the looked, same, it was probably the same ones that Carell was producing. Probably Carell some was, ones. And they, 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 uh, and this car had very low mileage for its year. We got it at a decent price. 
It was absolutely one of the worst cars I ever, <laughs> ever owned. It had more problems, more difficulties, because one of the things I did not know at that age, and you've got to think, I'm, I'm getting married at um, 19, mm. 19 years old. I look at my 19-year-old grandkids and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> I got married yeah. at 19. And yeah. I look at my 20-year-old right. son and go, and it, what were we thinking, right? But... Um, the Lord was good to us, and and I I think uh, you know it, it it has worked out well. But we were maybe a little different that day, and I'll leave it there. But anyway, so at nineteen, twenty years old, I didn't know everything that was known about cars. I just I was just thankful to get one with low mileage, and thinking, man, this is a great deal. And the acids that had sat in the fluids had ate up the the various gaskets and all of these things. And so we began to have trouble. Well, the transmission was giving trouble. Now, I've changed brakes, and I have changed, you know, uh, water pumps. Um, didn't have a gasket for a water pump needed. I've made it out of a Pampers box, literally, mm-hmm. and it lasted for years. So I've done those types of repairs, but I'd never messed with a transmission, and this transmission was gone. But I thought, well, how hard mm-hmm. can it be? So I pulled the transmission myself, got the kit, put it back in, put the transmission in back by myself and it didn't run right. <laughs> is, that, is that why you had grandpa come help with the transmission in Barnwell? That is exactly right. My, <laughs> my dad had, and and when he came, I had already fixed it sufficiently wrong <laughs> that his recommendation was, I think you're going to have to take this to a mechanic, but, it, but he did come and help me get out of that mess. But that was because I thought, well, I can do it. Right. Yeah. My dad had talked to me that you can try. If, if one person can do it, you surely have the ability, whether you have the knowledge always, you have the ability. We always need to add knowledge to our ability so we do things well. And that's a lesson you learn over time. So I did not know all I needed to know in order to do it well, but I sure was willing to try. Mm-hmm. And so I did try, and, uh, and I failed at that. Mm-hmm. But I learned... When transmissions go wrong, you just buy you another car. I guess, right. I, get, I guess that's where I get my philosophy because I'm like, I'm going to at least try because if I do have to take it to the shop, it's going to be worth the price of them fixing <laughs> right. what I messed up. So, well, I don't think anything. Don't think you can't do something. You know, I, I I'm my dad told us that that, and I've, I've tried to pass that on to my. Well, my used to there children. was like the was the Haynes books for automobiles that yes. you would buy, yes. and now there's YouTube. I've I've fixed plumbing issues because uh, of. YouTube, oh, but yeah. learning that you know, well, there, there's ways I Googled, to learn. And, I Google built my house. Um, I've been around construction, but you don't know how many YouTubes I've listened when I was building the house. How many and years did that? T- how long did that take? It took me five years on weekends, mostly weekends. Um, and I, you know, started, we, we got the, the, the property cleared, it had a, a burned out trailer on it, and uh, we had that cleared out, and we Started building that house, and in, it took five, little over five years, mostly weekend. But you were work. working between a couple of I jobs. Was, too. I was working. I was in Greenville actually, and, and driving uh, to Charlotte. Uh, I would drive to Charlotte every day to work and back from uh, Greenville, which was uh, hour and a half, two hours. I would drive to Augusta for a year and a half to work, mm-hmm. and then on weekends I would I would uh, work on the house. And uh, there were I had been around it. My dad had uh, built his house. It taught us. When he was doing things, if if we paid attention, he taught us how to run electrical wiring. 
He taught us how to do basic plumbing. He taught us how to do the basic mm-hmm. the, the basic skills that we needed. Um, and so and so when I started, it would be like, hmm, how do you do that? And I would I would Google it because you know, and and it would show a video, and I'm going okay, and then I would I would uh, I would do that. Um, and so, yeah, you can learn a lot, mm-hmm. but you can do nothing by sitting in the corner and going, well, that'd be nice oh, to do yeah. that. You got to go try. What's the, and I figured what's the worst can happen, you know, as they, they won't approve the inspection won't approve. And there were a few things that they, uh, we built all these trusses, 42 foot trusses. I wanted an eight foot porch. And after we built the trusses and put them up, um, they said, well, you can't have an eight foot porch. And I said, but I do. <laughs> and and uh, they said, well, your porch can't cantilever, what they call cantilever out that far. And uh, so w- then I had to get a guy, a structural engineer to come out and approve that what what we had done was going to be safe, make a few tweaks, and, and the inspector was happy. But the idea wasn't, you know, I went out and looked at somebody, some plans out there and said, well, this looks like this would work. Let's go use it. Let's go try it. Um, so, so it's a matter of at least trying to do something, mm-hmm. you know. Now. Well, and that's uh, one on the marriage side sounds just like Paul, where he says outdo one another and showing honor. But as I got older, I don't remember the Plymouth, but you know, often <laughs> I've said this before. You know, con artists get old, so just because someone's old doesn't mean they're not like some <laughs> criminal. You know, oh, I only drove this to church. Yeah. No, you ragged it That's out. Andy, you know? Andy Griffith <laughs> show right. on that. But, yeah. you know, I was out with several cars with you. That's how I learned how to change a starter or how I change, you know, and I've said this often when guys were in 10th grade at school learning how to change a tire, I was already changing right. out a starter, an alternator, yep. at least had a, a working idea of how to do those things. And also, you know, what a 9 16th socket is or wrench you know because you know you're bringing it yeah. while he's up under the car that's not holding the, right the light <laughs> nope move it up so you know how to hold the light so yeah. from a young age not only was i being taught that but also given opportunities to serve in ministry where whether it be the bus ministry going out to uh with you to the migrant fields the onion farms onion. oh yeah and so uh you know how how important because you were talking about mom's kind of growing up with her experience and having to walk to go get right. you know, Papa Jack, bring him home when he was drunk and all those experiences. Yet you had experiences with grandpa, him teaching you things and you watching him. You then passed some of that right. to me. How important is that, especially for the young dads that have young sons, even young daughters, but you know, young children that they've got they've got years ahead. You know, mine my my youngest is 15 10th right. grade. So, I've got less time with mine cuz Tristan's 17, he's still at home but he's graduated. I still have time to invest in them, but less than some less other than father might right. have listening to this. Yeah. What how important it is, is it to include them in on serving the least of these, going to migrant camps and seeing the poor, but also, hey, we we got to fix a we got to fix right. an automobile. Come with me, because I, I remember even um, I, I mm-hmm. remember even that one cold, cold night. Hook it. Did we hook the electricity up to a, the trailer or something? Uh, yeah, that, on, that it's uh, very possible. Sweetwater yeah. Court. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I remember we were doing something and it was freezing well, cold. There was some, if there was an issue, we were out trying to fix it. Um, what, no matter what the weather was, it was but, right before we moved in. I, I, for some reason I thought we were hooking the power up ourselves. <laughs> well, I, don't, I, don't I don't think we did that, but there, there may have been some, something illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I fully deny all that he said. Uh, we did not, we, we did we not, never do, broke into we houses never that broke we were it. looking to buy. <laughs> Yeah, well, those were abandoned houses, but uh, <laughs> it was probably because we were homeless. And it was like, yo, no kids, we're just gonna come check it out. Y'all yeah, squatting. Yeah, we're we're doing this for three months. I mean, it's just because we're we're slow lookers. But then but, we don't have a bed. No, it's okay. It's okay. We're just testing it out. No, um, those uh, if there were if we did hook up a trailer in the sense that we had to hook up to the outside pipe that would get hooked to the electricity we because once you move a double wide in um there's some there's some hookup you do on your side versus their side i'm sure that must have been it because i don't remember any other condition um but it is important i think it's important because you're going your children are going to pick up priorities yeah they're going to pick up um patterns and they're going to pick up what is important in life and you either decide i want you to learn the priorities that i have and that i have been taught or you say i want go go learn them somewhere else let the world teach you um i'll let you another man teach you or another class teach you another life circumstance teach you and then um that doesn't that prepares you so that you can find your purpose and within it, there, there is a priority. I think going back to the truth statement is the priority is in everything you do, I want you to focus on what would Christ want me to accomplish out of this. So I want you to learn how to share the gospel to the migrants. Uh, that And that, that was because we had that opportunity. We've stopped under the bridges. And and uh, I, I want you to learn how to have compassion. Um I want to model that so that you can learn it because that's the only way there's any hope of that becoming part of your life. I had no guarantee yeah. it would. Uh, you can teach that, and sometimes your children will grasp onto it. Sometimes they won't. And the, that's up to the Lord, though. I believe that you you do what you're supposed to do. The Lord will do the rest. He's more interested in what you become than I was. He was more interested that you fulfill the purpose he has for you than I did because I didn't always understand his purpose. There were things I missed when you were growing up that I didn't have uh, the, um, the, the intelligence to realize had more importance to you sports. For example, I was never the, the type of support in your sports that I should have been it, to me. It was, I didn't, I didn't fit it into the, the, the crux of the life of the things I had to accomplish. And therefore, I let an area that probably I could have learned more about myself, but being weak on sports, I mean, I don't know if you can tell from this physique, <laughs> um, <laughs> wrestling, I would be good at probably, but I was never that, that was never a real part. I mean, I played in the Newton County Baby Rams, you okay. know. Yeah, I played football. I understood the basics of it, but they put me on the uh, that area where don't let anyone through the line. I can do that, right? Okay, I can handle that. But um, so I wasn't as I wasn't geared toward athletes, athletics, and I failed then to understand the, the significance that it can have. And as I now see your your involvement, as you have now grown, and your involvement in the life of 
other young people, even your own, and how sports would have been better if I had done a better job at that. But I didn't. I, I, I did not do that. Uh, I dismissed many of times because there was plenty of other things I needed to do. I, I let that go, right? And that's that was that was a lesson that I didn't learn until I was much, much older and much too late to change it. Um, so you'll not get it right. But the one, the things that I were, was focused on wanting you to learn for sure was to learn that you you cared about people and it yeah. was compassion and in Christ. That doesn't ignore the failures, but it just means that that was my focus. It really was the, the, the desire I had is so that God could say, well, what will he do with, with you? And even if it had not been in pastoring and ministry, which is the, the war zone he put you in, um, Instead, you know, he uh, Lord. <laughs> he he could have called you to an easy job like an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor, but he, instead <laughs> he put so you bored. in the most he put you in the most difficult job, and that's pastoring and ministry because you know you have all those dynamics. And I say that because I'm pastoring and I have pastored over the years. Um, but wh- wherever God was going to take you, I wanted your focus to be on Him and His purpose for your life more than anything else because. Whatever role you serve, whether it's in uh, in any role that your brothers and sister brother and sisters are are in, I want you to focus on the Lord. I, you know, that's to me the priority for a dad. Um, it is to teach you. Now, along the way, I want you to know how to pay your bills and be responsible. Um, and so, if if you can only afford a five hundred dollar car, you are going to have to learn how to keep it patched up. And we could all, there were times that's all we could afford. And there were times we went and sold Coca-Cola bottles. And I don't know that you knew that as a child. I tried to never let my children know what it was, what was being involved to provide for them. But there were times I went out and literally that's when you could get deposits back on Coke bottles. It was like 10 cents or something like that. I just thought we were having fun collecting bottles. We would collect the bottles to get enough money to buy hamburger to, to, to have supper. And... Someone could say, well, how can you be thankful for that? I wasn't thankful that that was what we had to do to 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 to, to meet the need at the time. I was thankful we found enough Coke bottles. That's right. And so the Lord always let us find enough bottles to buy the hamburger we needed for Those the night. Those were feast days because mm-hmm. there were days we only had eggs. <laughs> and when I pastored in South Georgia— we ate eggs for breakfast, we ate eggs for lunch, oh, yeah. and we ate eggs for supper. And the reason we ate eggs, they were cheap, and that was what we could afford. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and I'm not getting into a complaint session, but then you had the church who would say, oh, we don't want our pastor working outside the church. Well, why don't you then pay him a wage he can feed his family on? Yeah. If, that's, if you're not able to do that, then don't try to set a requirement for a young pastor to say, we want you to take your children, and we want you to sit in this house and— well, we are providing you the house, by the way, but we want you to do that with such a way that you can't you can't uh, mm-hmm. pay, pay, pay the bill. Uh, I mean, provide the the basic needs of life. And so, uh, my children ate eggs. We never complained to them. I don't think we ever taught them to. Eggs were delicious. That's why we ate eggs all the time. You yeah. know, scrambled eggs, yeah, scrambled fried eggs, fried eggs, eggs, eggs omelets, eggs. That's right, dude. <laughs> we, I can eat eggs literally. Every meal. Well, they they, they say they're uh, nature's multivitamins, so I guess they were good to make us good and healthy. That's how I got tall, bro. <laughs> what well, I, mean? I love. And this <laughs> is this is where I give my wife credit because she, in the middle of that, could have been like some discouraged, and I'm sure she had her discouraged yeah. times, but she never 
took that and made it a complaint session. She she didn't complain to the children. Well, this is all we can afford. She did the best she could with what I could provide for the mm-hmm. for the for the table, and she would take it and and the Lord would bless it, and they would never. They ne- I don't think they ever left hungry. I don't think they ever missed a meal. Has she ever been mad? Oh yeah, can never imagine her mad. It's like my wife. I can never. But it was all my fault. (laughs) (laughs) She's just so sweet. She's just sweet. She's the typical mom that would go get a switch and wear your butt out. She did that until my really. Oh yeah, I don't even believe you. She's so sweet. Till I got the (laughs) reflexes to where I could grab this one time. That was a mistake. I just naturally (laughs) did that. Because I got older and uh-huh. your reflexes and changed. And you grabbed that I grabbed switch. it and I oh, broke no. it. Just natural. And then from there, it was just wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. And that was worse. That's, that's double trouble, bro. Yeah. But yeah. Well, Miss Car- at Mama Carnes, you are sweet. No, she is and sweet. And I love you. She is. And you have never been mad. No, ever, she is ever. sweet. And she will make friends with a wall. She will. And, her, so um, and I tell, I've told the church, you know, oh, but now, you know, I don't want to tie this in too much. But the, the thing is, when I take her to the store... Um, I I will wait on her, and sometimes that's a short wait, and sometimes not usually though. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay that's because right. she will go in the room, and she's in the in the store, and she is. He said she's gonna make friends. She is going when she comes out. She will have met a friend. It will usually be around Jesus, and she will know their needs, and they will be now praying together for each other. Mm-hmm. They will be friends on Facebook. Uh-huh. They they will have all that. I'll go into the store, grab the butter, and get out. That's right. You know? She's an evangelist, and, man. And, and, well, <laughs> and if you've tripped on the floor, I might help you up on the way by, right? <laughs> I might know your name's Bob or Shane or something at that point, but I'm not going to know about your children. I'm not going to uh-huh. know because the Lord needs to help me be more empathetic. Uh-huh. She loves people, and she uh-huh. cares, and it's not, it's not fake. It's not add-on. Yeah. It's not gossipy she's not wanting to know because she just needs to know she wants to know because she cares about people Uh but she'll make friends and she'll go into a store and you know people uh she said sometimes she feels like she's just a big ear the reason is i think the lord puts her in places because there are people who need to be heard yeah and she's one who will hear and so what's my role my role is to not yeah get upset because the the time to go get the the eggs took too long uh-huh. it is to be patient to let her fulfill what's what what brings life to her that's, that's when right. he listens to the and, male cartel and i listen to the male <laughs> cartel <laughs> and i decided you know that's why i need a high country so i can sit here yeah. and that's be comfortable right. you know that's <laughs> well, right. that's, but that's why right. you know you're talking about having a complete home and that's why it is important to have mom and dad because he taught me how to share the gospel go into the migrant camps you know the truth and how to share that verbally and that part of the truth but then she taught us on the practical side of the living compassion, the living it out. Living it. If, if we were driving by a homeless person, if if you weren't wearing it and it was in the vehicle, she's gathering it up to get, it could be, uh, you know, and that was a lesson I, I've, I've joked about it, even in sermons, how I had these two <laughs> long tube socks that had the color bands on them. I yeah. hated them. They were the work. I'd wear them to like basketball practice or something like that. Hated them. But then one day my mom pulled up uh, to a homeless person and once again, she's just looking in the vehicle. What can I give this person? What can I help them with? Well, there was a pair of those socks in there, and she's going going to give them to them. Well, you know, you've not learned to 
be generous and that uh-huh. at that age. And you know, I remember begrudgingly like, no, I, these are mine. It wasn't that they were mine? You know, I, I hated the socks, but you had not learned giving yet. But that was her. I mean, even to my favorite Superman sleeping bag you know it was just like if she wow. saw a home, that was in barnwell south carolina yes. there's a homeless man barnwell's so small yeah you can make it to the house and back and you know find the person thankfully this guy was gone but she went home it was my superman sleeping blanket i mean it was a sleeping bag and just whatever she could grab to go take to this person so that is her from well, and we use that illustration because we, we, we talked about angels unaware, and, and we've even told the children, we don't know. The guy in Barnwell disappeared so quickly in that case, and with such space, he almost had to vanish, you believe. Uh-huh. So he could have very well been an opportunity to teach your children how to, how to do that. And because they had met, they had taken one thing and and she realized, well, he may need more. So they went right around to get to the house to get the additional items and come back around and he was gone. I mean, he was, he'd he'd gone. Yeah. But since she couldn't teach that lesson, when we got a Nintendo, she made me give my Atari away to James across the street because he had less than us. but, but that's, that's Producer true. Producer Carell knows how bad that is. But that is, but you see, but that is the point of trying to teach your children that those are material things. Yeah. And if you've been blessed now with the next best games, do you really need two game systems? Now, I know there are people that are out there that think they need all the different game systems, but really you had a, you had a young family who could not have bought that. They, that guy would have never gotten that game system. Yeah. He would have never had that. To do that for him was to give him uh, uh, the premium. It was like, and it was the thing that was going to literally sit in the corner and gather dust. So it would be a lesson we want our children to learn. We we are blessed so we can bless. Yes, we can be a blessing. And if we bless and just consume, we just become greedy. Oh, yeah. And so as the Lord blesses, it is always my intent to then want to bless um, and, uh, to, to, not because I want someone to go, Oh, look at what he's doing. I don't, I don't care about that. I really don't. It, it, my heart is if you've given it to me, Lord, you've given it to me so that I can do something with it. Yep. Not just for Now I want to prepare for the future. You know, one day I'm going to get old right now. I'm about halfway. Uh, I tell my kids, I want to live to be 144. <laughs> my, that's only 12 12s. And my youngest daughter said, dad, don't say that. It disappoints. It's like, you're not going to do it, you know. Don't don't say that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna live like I want to be here for 144 years. The the, the odds are, <laughs> I'm not going to get that request. But I want that day to be a surprise when he calls me home. And until then, I want to live out. Of, so I want to prepare to have something so that when I if I get called home before my wife, that she can you know pay the bills. So I'm not being foolish in the sense that I don't want to prepare for the future. But at the same time, I want to give mm-hmm. uh, and I want to bless people now because I've been in that place when I was picking up Coke bottles to um, buy hamburger. Mm-hmm. So if I'm able to be a blessing to somebody, that's right. Why would I not do that? Why, that's I mean, right. And let the Lord, you know, take that. So anyway, um, I probably filled your time up today. No, no, you're good. Gabber. No. Did yeah. you uh, have. I, I, had a, I had a question. Like I really would love to know, and I and I'm and, and I would say all milk cartel would love to know. Like, uh, give us a an embarrassing story about <laughs> Nick. 
or something. Uh, Give I don't us like our best us. story, and he's not easily embarrassed, but like a a a Nick Carnes, little Superman, little Clark Kent story. Well, I don't know about embarrassing, and I don't know. Um, wisdom comes in making sure you don't uh, <laughs> you don't uh, um, memory. Let's just say this memory. Um, before I before I discount your question, um, memory is uh, is one of those things that um, I hear my children talk now, and they'll say they'll be talking about events that I went through with them. We were all together in the same family, and the perspective of us are different. Oh yeah, my perspective as dad going through the time, and that's why I said uh, the ignorance sometimes that you have not not a malicious ignorance. The, the ignorance that you can have over things that were important to your kids that you missed um, d- doesn't happen until later. And then it's too late. Or you hear them talking in, in, in the house and one of, the absolute best time I can have, I'm, I'm, and I'm, be, I'm being honest with you, is to be sitting in my house with my kids and all the grandkids, if I could have them all there at one time, and to do nothing but sit in the corner and enjoy hearing them interact with each other and talk. To me... That is the crown of my life, to have my wife, my kids, my grandkids all there. That's family, and that to sit there and then listen to them go. But then when they start doing that, they start remembering things in a way that's like, either I didn't know it happened that way, or I didn't see it with that emphasis, or I didn't understand that importance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then to come back and then take an incident that I might thought would be one or the other, I usually won't won't do um, just because I don't, you know. It, it would be me manufacturing a, a situation in my life that I thought should have embarrassed it. Maybe it didn't. Go um, for it. <laughs> but I mean, I don't. I, I don't know of any uh, really other than just normal th- things growing up. I mean, um, I know, you know, there he was, went in a bed a lot. Did, was he? No, a he didn't. Was he didn't. He was. In fact, I would, I would sleepwalk. <laughs> Well, you sleepwalk. Uh, ben would sleepwalk a little bit. Um, what was I, it like him dating Nikki? And you and they were like, he was like, I, I want to, I'm gonna get married well, to her. I think, and he, then he was like, I 15, think, and you were like, what do I, well, what do I do? He had already. No, I think he dated another girl or two before that. Oh, um, and uh, he and and he's shared that with Nikki. That's why I could share I'm it here. Nikki, close your ears. Close <laughs> no, your ears, Nikki. No, because I think. Um, that was one of the first times I felt sorry for him having to understand there were two sides of the track and he uh-huh. and I were on one side that didn't always associate with the people who rode the Mercedes. And, uh, as a dad, I felt bad for him that there actually was a situation where one of those girls, they seemed to have something that, that they looked down on him when he drove up in his fine car. Yeah, yeah, car. I remember this story. Yeah, yeah. And, and he rolls and, up. And I felt bad as a dad that he had to go through that, but it was a reality was, hey, there's some that are going to ride Mercedes, yeah. and we ain't them, you know? That's right. That's, <laughs> well, right. that's still we ride that story all the time. They ride in the Corvette. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell that story. So I met that girl at the Augusta Mall right, I remember with this story. Uh, my cousin. I think it was with Ryan. I can't remember. And so... 
uh, got her name and number. I won't say her name. I doubt she listens, but you know, if some someone were to know based we'll on my Mar- Margie. story, Margie, you would hate for it. Yeah, Mar- Margie. <laughs> That's a weird name. But anyway, so uh, we would. I was living in Evans. She was living outside of Aiken. So this is back when it was like long distance oh, to yeah. call on the landline telephone. <laughs> So I was living, my parents actually had moved because of work situation. I was living between a couple of aunts. And so when I talk about getting married early, I had moved out at 17, living between two different aunts here locally because my parents had to move for work. And eventually they came back for a little bit my senior year, but I was already kind of independent. And so I would drive over to exit one to the Circle K gas station and I would call this girl in Aiken because it was just a quarter versus long distance on my aunt's phone. And so we talked a little bit. We we hit it off pretty good, but we wanted to try to go see a movie or something like that. So we did go to the theater to see a movie, but then she invited me to her house to, to watch a movie. And so I have a 1987 <laughs> Pontiac 6000 gold like brown gold oh yeah this it was from i bought it from my youth pastor for three hundred dollars and that's a whole nother story we can talk about that later it was rusted out on the bottom i probably had the car a few weeks and that mercedes uh went to turn in front of me and i rear-ended them and so the front of my car was damaged i had where the headlights would be i used clear packing tape it was a looker to (laughs) to cover up the headlights (laughs) And so, and I rack and pinion problem, so it would be real tight, and then it would let go to turn, and, and that's why the youth pastor didn't want to sell it to me. Uh, his name was Kenny Thieker. He didn't want to sell it to me because he thought it was dangerous. So anyway, so I'm driving to her house. All I know is my experience. You know who I hang out with, who I who how I grew up. I don't know anything else beyond that. Well, I get the address back then. I think we at least had MapQuest. You could pull up on MapQuest. And I pull up to this house, and it is massive. And in the front driveway are two Silverado, brand-new-looking Silverado pickup trucks, <laughs> extended cabs, and then, like, a brand-new Jeep Grand Cherokee. And that's her. She's 15, and in South Carolina, you can drive at 15 after a certain uh, number of months. And that is hers at 15 years old. And then her parents drive the two trucks. One was, like, blue. One was black. Here, I pull up in my <laughs> 1987 Pontiac 6000. Her uh, dad is in standing in the driveway as I pull up, and I get out, and I don't know what to say, so I just go, it's a rental. <laughs> and then we go and watch a movie, and I think maybe we broke up about a week after that. Yeah, and dad said, dad said, like, no, this no. guy's going nowhere. <laughs> I've tried to look, some, sometimes I try to look these people up just to see where they're at. Yeah. You know, maybe she ended up in the jail report or yeah. something like that. And like, aha, dad, what's up? <laughs> so, but yeah, that was. But I remember that as, as a dad, knowing and him sharing that he went through that and realizing well, I hate he had to go through it at the same time, but that comes, you know, from a heritage. And my wife will tell you, uh, I picked her up here one day for a date, and, and we're in a '62 Galaxy 500 that my dad had taken the front seat and cut it and made it into a truck because he was an electrician and his truck broke down and he needed a way to to haul conduit. So the whole back seat's gone. the The front seat's been cut in half now. And it's a it's been made for and so 
I picked her up, and the only thing she could sit on was a sheetrock bucket. <laughs> well, you had you had seats. W Riz. original <laughs> bucket seats. But <laughs> when you say that, you know, it's not to say that for pity thing. Uh-huh. We were we were thankful we had a car that ran. Yeah, and the Lord provided the transportation, and until we could do better, that's why. So he 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 traded that car out for a Parisian. I think it was a, a great Pontiac, another Pontiac. Um, but uh, had a split motor, and uh, <laughs> but now he has a Silverado, and he's got a Silverado. See, AKA so he came around the full magnet. circle, full circle, and uh, it's like uh, someone's got a song that says something like "I got a pretty good game for a broke boy." Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that's story, story of our life. But so. I, so I don't know of anything embarrassing, um, and I'm not saying this because you know Nick's here. Because I'd be honest, if Nick was not uh, Nick started early at 17 being independent uh, he had been to the migrant fields with us he yeah. he he had a focus it was different he did not he wasn't a troubled teenager and so there wasn't a lot of i mean other than just things that happened to kids right and and uh but uh, as far as a problem he he uh, i'm thankful that his folk because i think that's what the lord used as he uh bade them in the the vision of a, of a church he, he he took that and he continued to mature that, and and again I'm I'm gonna say this because we're talking to men when you can sit as your as a father of you and see how God is using your son there is no greater blessing yeah. than to see my children do well and follow the Lord and and to hear many times him as he's dealing with situations that I would not deal with as well as he does um, because I'm old school and I I probably could learn a few things in some areas uh that you know you try to handle them well but there's there's things that he's been encountered with that that uh, are harmful and hurtful in the sense that uh, you you know you start in a journey and you you you're walking with with people who are who, who are saying they have the same vision and then i have had the experience where you know they're, they're saying we want to bless our pastor on this sunday and the next sunday they're trying to stab you in the back that's been many years ago well, when you have friends that abandon you and try to usurp the vision, and and, and then they will always try to take people with them yeah. to watch the way he's had to handle some of those circumstances, and the way he's done that with the love and grace of the Lord makes me as a dad. It's like, well, maybe Lord, maybe we did get through the hamburger season okay, mm-hmm. you know. Um, time will tell over over time, but I, as a dad. I have nothing embarrassing to say because I'm watching the product now and whatever yeah. it was that was part of growing up, it was nothing really major, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I, I'll say this, um, you know, I, I love the legacy. I think the example, um, your dad to you, you to Nick, and then seeing Nick's boys and being a part of their life. And um, I just love the legacy of just being faithful to the Lord to the best of your ability yeah. and abiding in, in the Lord. And that's an example for me. I don't really have that, never have. And I think I think that's why one of the reasons why we gravitated towards each other in, in a lot of ways, like early on, you and I. And so I just want to say publicly to the to the 11 countries, and if, and if, <laughs> and if Alabama's listening, that's 12, and if well, Texas is yeah. listening, that's 13, um, well, don't forget that I'm just so... Uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, so grateful for you and the well, example that. that you set for me over all the years and that you continue to set and all the wisdom that you give me and wisdom that you've given Nick, who then in return pours into me. 
yeah. um, as a as a as a as a friend, and iron sharpens iron, and so it I'm does. the dull side, and then he's the sharp side that, that makes me better, and um, and so I just want to say I'm grateful for well, you. I appreciate, and I appreciate well, you and, so much, and I enjoy um the opportunity to watch legacies begin. You didn't have that legacy, but you're the beginning of a legacy. Yes, sir. And and so that's exciting. I um I enjoy watching the way you young pe- younger people younger people. Um, because the, the perspectives have changed. Listen, I don't have the friendships to the point, and I, I, I no, don't have anybody playing any violins. Okay, there are times when I wished I could have a confidant that I that that would have helped through many of the mistakes and that that I've gone through over over years uh, to have someone that I could have had to to have what y'all have and what you're trying to build with this podcast. Um, what Hope Church does with these other pastors, yeah. Watching those men on the trip that we got to go to Israel and to watch those men and now there are different personalities in that group, right? And and so there's some that are that are, you know, young and they're still bouncing, you know, little bouncy chihuahua dogs, and there are some <laughs> that have a little more um a little more maturity and yeah. a little more stately bulldogs type thing, you know, and, oh, and yeah. there's a different and that's okay. That's all but their heart is that they love each other and they've covenanted together. And that is something that a pastor needs. Yeah. And your friendship is encouraging for me to see. I didn't have that. Um, there's one uh, old, old, old guy in, in that group that he and I can get along with, but we even come from different ways of, of the, of the world. And um, we can, we can share, we can relate, but to have the ability to have that, camaraderie and that that confidant uh and, and there's few of those you don't get a lot of those yeah and that, that's a treasure yeah so to watch what god is doing in your lives and through this if there's men out there i would say pursue i would beg people follow after jesus as the first priority it'll fix your marriage it'll fix your, your family it'll fix your church it'll fix you know because the way you go as a man you you we we so dismiss it but that's how your family's going to turn out. And you have to take the responsibility to follow after Jesus. That means don't just read the word, follow the word, obey the word. If it says you need to change the way you think, then change the way you think. If you have a problem, uh, and, and there may be some that have the addictions of various sources, and that can that, that cripples men, um, there are things that you you learn to do and that you defend yourself, you def- you protect yourself. And, and you, that may mean you change certain habits so that you're not tempted in certain ways. Uh, and you do that intentionally with purpose, and you beg God to continue to give you strength. And I think the one thing that we miss so many times is the pursuit to live a holy life. And I think that should be, may the words of my mouth the medic, and, the de, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. It should govern our life so that before I say something to you, I should ask the Lord, for a 30-second pause, Lord, should I really say that? Should I really, if I'm about to get angry, why am I about to get angry? What if, is there something, is this justifiable anger or is this selfish anger? Mm-hmm. And if we do more of that and ask the Lord to, but many times we tag him along huh. and our and, and and then we, we want him to bail us out and we want to blame him when things go wrong. And I think that affects our, that'll affect us individually. It'll help us be, more content. I lay my head at night. If I can say when I lay my head at night, Lord, have I done anything today that you are displeased with? 
let me know. Am I am I am I laying my head now to rest in your hands here, having done all I know to do? I may have missed it. It wasn't intentional, but am I in that position? If I am, I'm gonna sleep okay. And when he wakes me up in the morning, it's like, okay, Lord, now what can I do to take your word today with the circumstances? Because today's circumstances will be different. And I've had a guy buzzing me here, right? That while we're talking, and as a young man who um, who has a testimony that he knows the Lord, um, and he's not listening to the podcast. If he is, he'll he'll get his employee evaluation early. He's not fully fulfilling the role that he's been hired to do. I'm trying to ask the Lord, even though I get frustrated, and it's like it would be easy for me to just go pull the plug. But is that that is that the right answer? How far can I go and ha- what can I do to try to help a young believer who is failing in a secular area to not harm him in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a way? But at the same time, I'm a man who believes in accountability. So you can't skirt accountability under the name yeah. of faith. In fact, faithful people should be more accountable than we should be the ones most accountable. So don't you know? Don't be a man that says, "Oh, I'm a believer, so you can't you can't hold me accountable." No, I hold you more accountable because you are responsible to Jesus. We are bought and paid for with a price. You are not your own. You do not own yourself. If you're a Christian, you are owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. You owe Him how you you owe him an explanation for how you think and how you live and what you do. You don't owe that to me. You owe it to him. And he's a much more accountable partner mm-hmm. than we are. Anyway, so I've got my three point sermon in almost. <laughs> well, because <laughs> sorry of, about that. Yeah, you're good. Because of time, uh, we, I think we just have to have him come. There's so much we oh, want yeah. to talk about that. We definitely, uh, will have him back maybe a time or two or a regular guest. Yeah. But I will say growing up in the in our home, there was no violins. In fact, I think uh he would say, you know, some people say that's the world's smallest violin <laughs> uh-huh. that's actually rolling a booger. So uh-huh. that's not that's not a violin. So there were no violins. There was no uh, you know, whining about our situation in our life. You just dealt with it and you just keep moving forward. Yep. So, uh, if you have gotten anything out of this, which I know you have, uh, <laughs> full full of nuggets of wisdom. Uh, that's why whether it is Coach Jay Mills or whether it is the OG, uh, we just love to hear from them because there's so much just by listening that we can uh, learn from and implement in our own lives. Yeah. And so, as we ask each episode, please uh, like uh, review. Uh, leave a you can leave a written kind of review you can rate it but also share this episode so other people can uh, learn from uh, my dad from Tim and can learn from what he has shared especially in the realm of fatherhood uh, being a husband and being a follower of Jesus yeah man yeah yeah if you like it share it and we appreciate you guys as we always say get one percent better. Thank you, OG. Oh, thank you for inviting me. We love you. Thank you. You would have better every day. That's it. See See y'all. Thank you for joining the Mel Cartel podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share to help other men join the cartel. You can also keep up with us on social media and at melcartel.com.